Brewing Company presents Sports Talk 790 Astroline. Astroline. The official off-season show of Astros baseball. This is where we talk about your Astros. Join the show. Post your questions and comments on social media. Just be sure to hashtag Astroline. That ball is gone. From Plucker's Wing Bar on Shepherd. Sports Talk 790 Astroline starts now. And greetings from Plucker's Wing Bar, 1400 Shepherd near downtown Houston. Another edition of Astroline presented by Carbog Brewing Company. Robert Ford, radio broadcaster for the Astros, pleased to be joined by television broadcaster for the Houston Astros, Todd Callis. As you know, we we just uh, we just all about synergy with Astroline and, and having everybody involved. First of all, Happy New Year, Todd. Happy New Year. Good to see you. It's been a little while. It has been a little yeah. while. First Astroline of 2019. And, yes. Uh, New Year's always a big deal. Do you stay up till midnight or you're, are oh, you yeah. out? No, I've every year. Yeah. Every year. You got to. I agree. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, part, of the, uh, it's part of the festivities. You got to be up there for New Year's. Yeah. Um, I'm a New Year's Eve baby. I was born That's on New right. Year's Eve, That's so right. yeah. Happy birthday as so well. Every year we count down the end of my birthday, so I got to be up for you know <laughs> the end of my, at least twenty four hours of my birthday. So you celebrate being a day old or <laughs> a day a day older than you were. Absolutely, there you, there you go, there you go. Well, we have an exciting show tonight. We're it's a prospect show this evening. We're going to hear a little later from Kyle Tucker, who of course got up to the big leagues with the Astros this year, uh, former first round pick of the Astros, and right now we're joined by a first round pick of the Astros as well, still waiting to make his Major League debut. Forrest Whitley is here with us here at Pluckers. Thanks so much for joining us, Forrest. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. And so you're from San Antonio originally, Alamo Heights High School, first-round pick of the Astros back in 2016. I know you, you, you have some family in Houston, is that right? Are you spending a lot of time in Houston? Uh, I don't have any family here. I okay. just have uh, some close family friends that I'm staying with gotcha. right now. Yeah. So that's cool because, I mean, San Antonio kid, you're spending a lot of time in this area. What do you mm. think about Houston? I love Houston. It's a great town. Um, there's a lot more to do here than San Antonio, that's for sure. It's a bigger <laughs> city. Um, also, the, the training opportunity was the main reason for the move, um, and uh, it's been a really good move. I'm, I'm happy to be here. So some of the, the training you're doing, are you working with, with some of the some of your future Astros teammates and, and some, some guys in the area this offseason? Yeah, so I train up at, uh, at DST in, mm-hmm. up in Cyprus, and Bregman's up there, um, and we work around, we, we work out around around the same time, uh, 11 p.m. group, or 11 a.m. group, rather. Um, so it's exciting to get to see him all the time. He's a really hard worker, so, uh, you know, kind of rubs off on me. It's, it's good. Is this a similar program that you did in the offseason in the past, or are you new to the DST program? Uh, I'm, I made the move to DST last January. Okay. So I, I, I've known the guys up there since I was like a sophomore in high school um, and kind of like went back and forth every now and then. Uh, but it's, it's nice to kind of have like the, 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 the definite program, like knowing what I'm doing, you know, on a week-to-week basis. Uh, so that's, that's been really nice. Now, you know, this past season, obviously, you didn't get – on the mound as much as you would have liked. You had the suspension to start the year, and then you also had the, the lat and oblique injuries mm-hmm. as well, although you did get to pitch in the Arizona Fall League to kind of make up some of those innings that, that you missed. Anything in particular you've been focusing on with your training, maybe to pre- injury prevention for those sort of things or anything along those lines? Yeah, definitely definitely the main the main part of my training is just to kind of avoid those little nagging injuries that I had this year with the yeah. lat and the oblique. Um, 
uh, that kind of paired with some some mechanical stuff that will you know hopefully aid me to again prevent those injuries. So um, that's just been kind of like a main focus for me this off season, just to really you know work pretty diligent, diligently on those and you know hopefully avoid that all that in 2019. One of the previous shows uh, that Robert hosted was during the winter meetings, and you got a little bit of attention. Something that you posted on Twitter mm-hmm. was that part of the DST program when you was it Shane Baz was with mm-hmm. you that he I think he threw it 107 yeah and you and you threw it 110 yes that's right tell us take take us through that how did that all develop and you guys just deciding one day I want to see how much we can light up a radar gun so that was so that that's that's not necessarily a part of the DST program that's like a that's a driveline thing okay um and it's uh, a lot of the guys at DST do that program it's it's a really good program I'm actually going up there uh later this month to work with those guys um but it was our first pull down session of the off season and I just kind of wasn't expecting to put up any big numbers uh, let alone kind of break a personal record, but it was fun, man. Um, my arm was kind of hanging out there a little bit, <laughs> but um, but it was good. I was I was really happy to kind of reach that personal accolade. It was it was cool. So you had tried that before. What was your previous best? Uh, I think the my best on a three ounce before that was like 106. Wow. Okay. So, so this three ounce baseball, so mm-hmm. obviously a little lighter than mm-hmm. than a conventional baseball. Yeah. Shorter distance. Uh, that I mean, that you're just kind of throwing into a net. The the. Uh, the distance really doesn't have anything to do right. with it. Um, just the just the weight of the baseball. We're talking with with Forrest Whitley, uh, Astros first round pick in 2016. And hey, don't forget, spring training is just 44 days away. Make plans now to see the Houston Astros in action. The 2019 spring training schedule gets underway February 23rd at 15 Ballpark of the Palm Beaches. For the best way to experience Florida, visit thepalmbeaches.com. And uh, you know, Jeff Luna has already said the Astros haven't officially announced their non-roster invitees for spring training yet, but I know Jeff Luno has mentioned you as somebody who is going to be in camp. I'm assuming he said this publicly, uh, or he already told you before he said this this publicly, and it'll be your, your first big league camp, so how excited are you about, about that opportunity? Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited, but to, to kind of go back on what you said, he, he actually didn't tell me. Is that right? <laughs> um, I found out on Instagram, <laughs> and it was like an Astro Center post that somebody attacked me in, and I was just like, oh. Guess I'm, uh, but, guess I mean, I'm that's good news you're finding oh, out. Oh, it was, it was awesome. Um, but I saw Corbin was invited, too, so I just I tagged him, and I, was, and I like messaged him, and I was like, hey, I guess we're, uh, guess we're going to big league camp. <laughs> that's so cool. I would think, obviously, first big league camp, but to be kind of a sponge around a guy like a Justin Verlander or even a Garrett Cole, Colin McHugh. Absolutely. I, I got to think that you're going to try and absorb as much as you can for those few weeks in uh, West Palm Beach. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to, like I said in the interviews, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do my best to stay in their hip pocket and learn as much as I possibly can. Uh, you know, obviously those guys are very knowledgeable of the game of baseball, uh, especially, obviously, pitching. Um, so I'm really excited to, you know, learn from them and, you know, pick up any information that I don't already know. Have you gotten a chance to, to talk with, with Garrett Cole or Justin Verlander, any of those guys uh, to this point? Uh, I met I met Justin briefly uh, in the caravan last last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he was really nice. It was just a brief conversation. It wasn't anything, like, baseball-specific. It was just, like, kind of an introduction. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's, he's nice. Uh, he's a nice guy from what I know. How about Strami? Have you had any communication with Brent Strom about getting ready and what, what he's looking forward to, to working with you on in spring? Yeah, so uh, he and I have been back and forth communicating for the past, like, two, three weeks. I actually saw him today. Um, so he's uh, he and I are kind of talking about uh, some, some minor mechanical changes that, you know, hopefully will uh, 
benefit the longevity of my career. Uh, and I'm, I'm all for it. I agree 100% with what he's saying. Uh, so, you know, excited to you know, kind of work on that and, you know, see what I can do coming into spring training. Hopefully all those mechanical discrepancies can kind of kind of fade away by that point. But, you know, it's not it, you can't be perfect all the time. <laughs> and this is the time when you want to try and work on some of those things, right? Because oh, you want to you want to ingrain that muscle memory and get to a point when, when you're on the mound and, and competition. Once the season starts, you're, you don't have to think about that stuff. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, and they're 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 small changes, but to me they're kind of they're big changes because they're uh, something that I've been so accustomed to doing, you know, for the last like seven eight years of my pitching career. So um, it'll it'll be a it'll it'll be a process, but uh, it'll ultimately benefit me in the long run and hopefully. Forrest, you mentioned or Robert mentioned in the beginning it was a, a difficult 2018. You did not end up with the number of innings you wanted because of the suspension and some injuries. How did you kind of keep that arm strength built up during the course of the year so that you might be a guy that the Astros could could see later in the season and maybe count on uh, for that stretch run into the playoffs next year? Yeah, I mean, even with the injuries, I think I only missed about like two and a half weeks of throwing total. Um, like with the lat injury, that didn't really keep me out for very long from throwing. Like I, I took three days off and then was back throwing. But they obviously wanted to kind of build me up and be uh, pretty cautious about like me coming back on the mound. And then with the oblique, it was a little bit different. That kind of like inhibited me from doing pretty much anything for about two weeks. And then once I was able to uh, get on my feet, you know, prove to them that I could even run, uh, just started throwing again and um, got back on the mound, I think, like four weeks later. So, you know, it wasn't that difficult to keep up the arm strength. Um, but uh, at the same time, like, it's, it's kind of the, the repetition aspect of it, like where, uh, you know, if you're not on the mound all the time, you kind of you lose that, that ability to pitch. So, you know, the most important thing for me was just getting on the mound, getting as much repetition as possible so I'd be ready for the next outing. So during, and you mentioned you, you didn't have that much time not throwing uh, during the season, even though the innings weren't quite where you'd want them to be. During this, the suspension, what sort of stuff did you do to try and, and get into game shape? Did you feel like you're in game shape well before the 50 games were up? And like, when did you get down to the complex? What were some of the stuff that some of the things that you did during that time? Yeah, so I mean, it was it was essentially just kind of like a a watered down season. I was pitching and extended, so I was able to you know get my innings up. It wasn't like I was just not pitching at all. So I threw I think like 35 innings in extended. Okay, um, that's yeah, that's quite a bit. Yeah, so I I threw I threw I threw a little bit there, and that was good. Um, obviously, the stress is a little bit different just in terms of a game setting. Like, it's not going to be like a, a true like minor league game setting, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's the best thing you could set it up to, you know. And then eight starts in Corpus, and then you, you pitch in the Arizona Fall League. That had to be a lot of fun. You ended up uh, leading Scottsdale in innings pitch. You had a great six starts there. Was that something uh, you were looking to really cap your season off strong because it was a little bit limited? Yeah, I mean, the, the, my main focus going into the Fall League was just to stay healthy the entire time, um, just work hard and continue, kind of like continue my rehabilitation process uh, for my oblique. But um, it, it went really well, it went as well as I hoped it would have. Um, pitched really well, stayed healthy, arm felt great. So, you know, that was, that was a really good way to cap off the year for sure. And when you were pitching in the Fall League, your roommate was uh, J.B. Bukowskis, mm -hmm. who was the Astros' first-round pick the, the year after you. Yeah. You were in 2016, Bukowskis 2017. Mm -hmm. Of course, he's a little older since he was a, a college pick. Uh, did you guys kind of get to get to kind of pick each other's brains and, and, and get to know each other a little bit? Yeah, me and, me and J.B. are good buddies now. Uh, he's, he's an entertaining fellow. I really <laughs> like him a lot. <laughs> entertaining he, he cracks you up? Or? Yeah, he's, I mean... 
he's, he's an interesting guy. Um, he's kind of an introvert when you first meet him, but once you kind of get to know him, he's, he's, a, he's a different guy, and I, I'm, I'm all about it. All right, all right. And you were probably able to kind of give him an idea of what to expect in terms of, you know, because obviously both of you guys hope to eventually be in Houston. You're from San Antonio, as we mentioned, but obviously a Texas guy, so you probably were able to help him out, get him, uh, get him to understand what it was like being in Houston and, and potentially pitching, pitching in, uh, for the Astros. Yeah, I mean, we never really bounced around ideas in terms of, like, the, the pitching stuff uh, in terms of our future. Maybe it was just kind of, like, little things here and there, uh, just in terms of, like, the analytical side because we're both very into that. Mm -hmm. um, but there was never any point where we were kind of, like, giving each other advice. It was just kind of, like, you know, trial and error questions. Now, you mentioned the analytical stuff, mm -hmm. and I know, uh, you know, there's some programs. I know J.B. Bukowski was at a college program in North Carolina. They're really big in the, in the analytics. Mm -hmm. How much exposure did you have I'd imagine not a whole lot by the when you got drafted and how much exposure have you gotten to the analytics since you've been with the Astros pretty much all of it um, I wouldn't say they threw it in my face when I first got with the Astros but they definitely made a pretty pretty strong presentation towards me just to kind of like you know get me on board and I was I was on board from the beginning but um, it took a little bit to understand uh, what they were trying to do in terms of my, my development um, but knowing what I know now it's it's far and beyond like the best thing you could do for a pitcher um so yeah, i'm very fortunate to be with the astros and, and their development is amazing it's really good we're gonna have more with forrest whitley coming up as we continue on astroline presented by carbach brewing company coming to you live from pluckers wing bar near downtown houston 1400 shepherd come out and see us we'll be right back with forrest whitley as you're listening to astroline presented by carbach brewing company on the houston astros radio network the 3-2. Strike three called. Fastball at the knees. Forrest Whitley strikes out the side. Retires 11 of the last 13 that he faces. 1-2. Swing and a miss. Strike three. Forrest Whitley strikes out the side in the fourth inning. The number one prospect in the Astros organization. The best pitching prospect in all of minor league baseball. With a flawless fourth inning. Five strikeouts tonight. No runs, no hits. Nobody left on. Middle of the fourth inning, the Hooks five and the Rough Riders nothing on News Radio 1360 KKTX. And welcome back to Astroline presented by Carbach Brewing Company coming to you live from Plucker's Wing Bar, 1400 Shepherd near downtown Houston. Robert Ford, Todd Callis, pleased to be joined by Forrest Whitley, uh, Astros pitching prospect, first round pick of the Astros in 2016 and the Astros 2017 Minor League Pitcher of the Year. Just heard a couple of highlights courtesy of our, our good friends with the Corpus Christi Hooks, broadcasters Michael Coffin and Sam Levitt. And, uh, you know, you got to double-A Forest in 2017, your first full pro season. And, I mean, you've probably heard this already, but you're one of only five high school pitchers drafted in the first round since 1997 to get to double-A in your first full pro season. And that list includes guys like Zach Granke. He's had a pretty good career. Dylan Bundy. Uh, Clayton Kershaw is one of Hughes Cy Youngs. I mean, it's it's a pretty impressive list that 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 you're on uh, in terms of how fast you've been able to move so far. Yeah, um, it was a uh, it was a pretty pretty fast season for me. It was kind of a whirlwind, but it was uh, it was definitely very enjoyable. Um, you know, I thank the Astros for you know being so liberal with how how they moved me because um, I feel like it it really it really helped me play up to to kind of what I was what I was able. To do you know in low A and high A, and then when I eventually got up to double A, I was like, oh, you know, I can get these guys out. So um, just being able to do that tonight at 19 years old kind of instilled a lot of confidence in me, like in the years going forward, for sure. Not only one, not only one of the youngest in the league, 
you know, going through the minor leagues, but also Arizona Fall League. You, you were pretty much one of the youngest guys there. Was that a, a nice challenge? Because you're facing guys three, four, five years older mm -hmm. than you at times. Yeah, I mean, I think the... I don't think the age had as much to do with it as, as just, like, the talent that was in the Fall League. Like, every single lineup that I faced was just the best lineup I've ever faced in my life. And, like, I remember in the Fall Stars game, I was just, like, sitting back and, you know, thinking about the guys that I'd faced. And, like, every guy that I faced is going to be a big league all-star in the next, like, four or five years. So um, that, was, that was one of the coolest experiences uh, of my baseball career thus far because, uh, you know, to, to play talent like that kind of all compiled into one league is just very, very rare. So I was just so thankful that the Astros sent me out there and, you know, I was able to kind of show them my stuff. So AAA for the Astros is now in Round Rock, moved back to Round Rock for the 2019 season near Austin. And uh, you were pitching at that ballpark when you found out that the Astros had drafted you. You were mm -hmm. pitching in a uh, semifinal, state semifinal game uh, for Alamo Heights, High school, and again, this was in, in 2016. Now, obviously, you knew the draft was going on at the time. Uh, you knew you, you, I'm assuming you knew you, you had a good chance of, of being picked pretty high. What was that whole process like? I mean, you, knowing that you were going to be pitching and, and possibly getting drafted while you, were, while you were pitching in the game. Yeah, that was a very weird day. Um, <laughs> it was a good day, but it was a very weird day. Because, um, like, I, I, I went out there, started pitching. I was pitching okay. I wasn't pitching great. Um, but, like, in the back of my mind, I was just like, God, there's some crazy stuff going on right now, <laughs> something that could, you know, potentially change my life. Um, so I think it was, like, the third inning or something. I was coming in from the dugout, and I had told my dad, like, before the game, it was like, as soon as you find out, I want you to come down to the dugout and tell me. Okay. Um, so I was, I was walking back to the dugout, and I saw my family kind of on the concourse, like, celebrating. I was like, oh, okay, something must have happened. So my dad comes down, I sit down, just kind of act like I didn't see him, and he tells one of my buddies uh, something, and which, in which he relayed the information to me. He was like, hey, you just got drafted by the Astros. And I was like, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, cool. Uh, and I was like, okay, all right, I should probably just focus on this game now. <laughs> was it easier to focus on the game yeah. after that? Yeah, it was, very, it was much easier to focus on the game at that point. Um, and, you know, coincidentally, like, innings four five and six I think I went like six and two thirds were just a lot easier and then I like my pitch count was really high so he pulled me and called it quits for high school when you were going to get drafted in the first round obviously you'd be happy with any team but as a family were you guys all just like if Houston has that pick and you're still there that would be the best case scenario yeah I mean we, we it was so weird because like we weren't thinking that at the time but, I mean, we obviously think that now, but at the time we were not thinking that at all because there were just like there were like two or three other teams that were just showing a lot more interest than the Astros were at the time. Um, but uh, you know, looking back at it now, we're just like, oh, this is perfect. Like <laughs> yeah. two and a, two uh, two and a half hours away from home. Uh, you know, if my debut's in Houston, it'll be so much easier for all my families and family and friends to uh, to come to the game. Uh, the division is great. Uh, three states or three places we play are like non-tax states. So <laughs> exactly. you've already done your homework on that. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. So that's that that that's got me fired up a little bit. So it's, yeah, it's it's a it's a great situation, best case scenario. Um, so I'm just super excited about that for sure. How much time growing up? You grew up in, as we've mentioned, you grew up in San Antonio. We were talking during the break. Your parents also from San Antonio originally, uh, but you're telling me you didn't necessarily come to Houston a, a whole lot growing up even though it was you know two two and a half hours away right 
Yeah, I mean, there was just there was just not really here much. There wasn't much for us here. Like we um, we have a couple family friends, but there's really no family uh, here. So I mean, baseball was just kind of the extent of my visits visits to Houston. Coming to Astros yeah. games. Yeah. Oh no, no Astros games. I didn't go. To okay. An, yeah, I didn't go to an Astros game of, until I signed. Really? That was my first time I've ever been a minute made. Um, so that was that was really cool. But uh, yeah, uh, most of the baseball that I came here for was just like baseball tournaments. Um, and stuff like that. So, so uh, no Astros games, but a kid from San Antonio. I've got to assume you've been to a few Spurs games. Yeah. What's your scale of fandom for the San Antonio Spurs? Having grown diehard. Are you? Yes. Like you used to go games all the time. Oh, I've been to like probably three hundred games. What? Yeah. Really? Yes. <laughs> wow. I've been to a lot. Favorite Spurs player of all time. Tim Duncan. I mean. That, that, that's an obvious choice. Yeah, it's hard not to I was like hoping him. you'd pick somebody, like a Bruce Bowen or something. Oh, he's great too, yeah. yeah. Bruce yeah. Bowen, Monte Ginobili, Tony Parker, and all those guys, the big three. Uh, you know, those are guys that I watched growing up. They're they essentially like the team my entire life. Right. So I have, a, I have a pretty strong emotional connection with those guys. So were you, I mean, even though you didn't get to go to Astros games, did you watch the Astros on TV? Did you, did you keep up with them growing up much? No, I was, I was not an Astros fan. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of my friends were, uh, uh-huh. like one of my, particularly one of my best friends, Jack Woodland. And I, I remember always giving him a hard time because at the time they were just so bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're, they're better now. I don't know. They're, if, no, they're great yeah. now. And yeah. I, yeah, they're, they're awesome <laughs> now. But at the time they were not very good. Uh-huh. Um, so I always remember giving him a very hard time. Uh, so... Yeah. Robert mentioned uh, the day you were drafted and pitching in that high school game. I want to take you back the year prior. You were with Team USA, mm-hmm. uh, the under-18 team, an elite team. And when you yeah. look at the 2016 draft, it's just filled with guys. Uh, Mickey Moniak, who yeah. was the first pick, and Ian Anderson, and mm-hmm. uh, Will Benson, on and yeah. on. What was that experience like playing in Japan, beating Japan in the gold medal game, and being with that group as, as for Team USA? I remember that, that moment of clinching the game against Japan in Japan in front of like like 20,000 people. And that was definitely one of the happiest moments of my entire life and I'll remember it forever. That was such a special experience to represent your home country. Um, and then beat somebody else on their own turf, which was just you know extra special. And they were a really, really good team too. So um, yeah, I'll always cherish that moment. And you know, all of those guys I'm, I'm really close to as well. Uh, all great guys, Mickey, Ian, Will, Brax Garrett, uh, not to mention a few like other guys. Like, there's just so many guys on that team that are just so awesome. Um, and uh, you know, that's that's just you know for sure one of like the the best like six seven weeks of my entire life. Yeah, Blake Rutherford was yeah. right, drafted the pick right after you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned they were they were good. They dominated Japan in that tournament until mm-hmm. you guys beat them in the gold medal. I think yeah. in the pool play they were outscored teams fifty four to one, yeah. including shutting you guys out. So. Yep. Going into that gold medal game, what was the thought? I mean, there, there, that was that team was just mowing over teams in that. Yeah, tournament. I mean, we we had a lot of confidence going into the game just because we knew that we had a better team than them. Like we knew we were better than everybody else. It was just a matter of like whether we whether we could just put it all together or not. In that game, we put it all together. Offense was there, pitching was there. Nick Prado pitched a great game, um, and he's actually a, a, a hitting prospect in the Royals. Right, that's right. Now. Um, but he pitched awesome. He was he was so good. That was one of the best pitching performances I've ever seen. So gutsy. It was awesome. Uh, and he's coincidentally like the best hitter 
on that team, in my opinion, that tournament. So uh, he was he was my MVP for that for that tournament. But that was just that was just so awesome to see a group of guys like that come together and play to the play to their full potential. Did it hit you the first time you put on that uniform and had USA across the chest and, and the red, white, and blue? I mean, that's different than than anything else you've, you'd experience at that point, and certainly anything else that you're going to experience moving forward. Yeah, I remember when we got the jerseys. Like they, we were doing like the 20 man, 28 man roster uh, cuts in Cal State at Cal State Fullerton, and they like announced the team, and then they had everybody's jerseys in the in the Cal State Fullertons locker room and their baseball locker room and I went in there and like saw it everybody was trying them on taking pictures and I was just like sitting there just like this is so cool like <laughs> yeah this is awesome um to have your, your your last name on the back of a USA jersey it's just like you don't really realize it until you see it and put it on it's it's a very special very special thing how much do you still stay in touch with that group and I know you know at some point this year yourself or others could be the first one yeah. to be in that group and be in the major leagues yeah I mean we we communicate uh, fairly often, we have a group chat of all the guys that we've had for, I guess, four years now. So that's that's pretty cool. Uh, there's a couple of guys that I communicate with uh, a little bit more. Um, like Ian Anderson is like one of my really really good buddies. Uh, Brax Garrett's a really good buddy of mine. Cooper Johnson, who's at Ole Miss, is a really good buddy. Um, I'd say those are like the the closest guys that I'm with on the team. Um, but yeah, it's cool just to you know have all those friends in different organizations. Um, you know, just kind of like expand your, expand your friendships, you know, meet new people. So that was definitely the coolest thing about it. Yeah, those, those four years of high school can be rather interesting, whether you're an athlete or not, because mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot going on physically. And, you know, some people are, you know, develop quicker than others. But you, I mean, I don't know if late bloomer is the right way to put it, but, I mean, you're six foot seven now. Uh, you were, what, six inches before your sophomore year? I mean, yeah. it, it was... So you were, were you one of those guys in high school that, like, there were just all these rapid changes for you physically that, that, that got you to where you are now or helped get you to where you are now? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think, like, November of my freshman year of high school, I was, like, six foot uh-huh. flat. And then by February of that next year, and that, like, I think it was, like, two or three months later, I was 6'5". Wow. <laughs> so happened pretty fast. It was very painful as well. Um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, it was it was so awkward because I was playing basketball at the time, and like I just didn't know what to do with his six five frame. So I was just like, I looked like a baby giraffe out there. <laughs> I was like falling out, falling over the place. But uh, I was able to fill out that frame a little bit, um, and kind of underwent some body changes like up and down until uh, kind of settled where I'm at right now. So. You're in a perfect way now, but yeah. that that was a big deal for you to get to that weight, mm-hmm. right? I think you were at the uh, under 18 team, you're listed around 260, 265, 265. Yeah. What was the how did what was the impetus and when did you start that that transformation to, to get to the frame you are now with the lean body? Yeah, they they said. Well, I was just kind of like reading some stuff, like some scouting reports that said like you know I had all the ingredients to be a good player, but you know I was just a little bit overweight. So um, I made I made the decision once I got done. Uh, with Team USA, I was going to go back to San Antonio for my senior season and you know just get in shape. And uh, I started to notice some, like, major changes around December. I think I was, like, 222, 225. Um, and, like, all my clothes were just, like, way too big. And I was like, oh, this is sick. Like, <laughs> I'm going to keep doing this. And then I kept doing it, kept working out, started working out two times a day, like, even during the season. Mm-hmm. Literally didn't stop until I got drafted. And then I went to get my physical here, and I got on the scale. And they're like, yeah, you weigh 188 pounds. Wow. From, what was the high point? 265. Wow. That's amazing. So was it 
Just working out? Was it diet, change the diet as well? Yeah, the diet was the most important thing because when I was bigger, I would go to Whataburger like five times a week <laughs> and crush that. One of our sponsors, sponsors, they appreciated it at the time. <laughs> yes, shout out to Whataburger. You're all really good. <laughs> so you had to cut down on the Whataburger. Trips. Yeah, yeah, um, that's for sure. I didn't really, I didn't eat any fast food um, that entire time, honestly. Um, my mom and dad really helped me out. They're both phenomenal cooks, so they helped me eat uh, really healthy. Um, and it was it was great. They 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 couldn't have been a, been more of a help. Like my mom was all in for it. She started cooking really well for me. Um, and I didn't really like realize at the time, but like I was just like I didn't like looking back on it now. I was like I ate so clean. I need to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but at the same time, like I was I was super young, so I was like losing weight like extremely fast. So. Uh, could have done it differently, but I'm glad the way it worked out. As we go forward and look ahead to 2019, obviously there's some pitchers that aren't on this team in 2019 that were here in 2018, and Jeff Luno has already said, we're going to learn a lot about guys like yourself, about Corbin, about JB, mm -hmm. um, maybe sooner than later. Is, that, is it hard not to get so amped up right now knowing you're on the precipice of what could be just a phenomenally fun season? Well, I don't really, I don't really like want to hold it back. I mean, <laughs> yeah. honestly, like I, I try to use it in, in my benefit. Like it motivates me more, like every single day, um, to get better and just to stay on like a consistent work regimen. Um, so it, you know, think for him to say something like that, just you know, for me personally, like definitely makes me a, a better, a harder worker. Um, so that that makes me extremely excited, and I literally can't wait to get to spring training and and show what I got. What are you heading down? February 7th nice. is when I'd like that down. Yeah. All right. Hey, and speaking of 2019, season tickets on sale now. Enjoy some of the best seats of Minute Maid Park and exclusive benefits throughout the season. Visit Astros.com slash season tickets or call 1-877-9ASTROS today. Hopefully we'll see this man to my left in Houston in 2019, Forrest Whitley, Astros pitching prospect. Thank you so much for joining us and uh, look forward to seeing you down in spring training. Yeah, thanks you guys for having me. I really appreciate you all. Thanks, All right. Yeah. You're listening to Astroline coming to you live from Shepherd from uh, Plucker's Wing Bar, 1400 Shepherd, presented to you by Carbach Brewing Company. Of course, this is the official off-season hot stove show of the Houston Astros. We'll be back with more from Pluckers and on the Houston Astros Radio Network right after this. The off-season is here, and that means it's the perfect time for talking baseball over a great beer. Conversations with agents, with players, and other teams. So pop open a Love Street Blonde or Hopadillo IPA and discuss all of the hot stove wheeling and dealing. Astroline. Astroline presented by Carbock Brewing Company. That's certainly what we want to hear. And if you're looking for a great place for a cold one, head on over to Carbock Brewing, where we're open seven days a week for lunch, dinner, and, of course, some great brews. So crack one open, but cold locally brewed Carbock. Carbock Brewing, proud supporter of the Houston Astros. With plenty of player interaction and warm weather, spring training is something every baseball fan needs to experience. So, see you later! to West Palm Beach and see your Houston Astros in action at the 15 ballpark of the Palm Beaches. While you're here, don't miss our 20 craft breweries and 47 miles of beautiful beaches. Start planning your trip at thepalmbeaches.com for the best way to experience Florida. 2019 Astros Caravan, presented by Academy Sports and Outdoors, is hitting the road. Caravan will travel around Texas January 22nd through the 24th, stopping in Austin, Corpus Christi, San Antonio, and the greater Houston area. 
For more information and a list of stops, visit astros.com slash caravan. And uh, it's not the only great event going on uh, around the Astros. Big fundraiser for the Astros Foundation is coming up on January 25th. The fourth annual Diamond Dreams Gala presented by Chevron is on fr Friday, February, January 25th. 5.30 p.m., and you just heard September by Earth, Wind & Fire. And Earth, Wind & Fire, they will be performing. So many great things going on uh, with that gala. And to tell us more about it, we're joined now by Twyla Carter, who's the executive director of the Astros Foundation. So, Twyla, big event coming up, the Diamond Dreams Gala, January 25th. That's a Friday, and it's presented by Chevron. And a lot going on with that. Earth, Wind & Fire is performing and, and should, be, should be a really fun evening. Oh, absolutely. It's our uh, largest annual fundraising event, the uh, Diamond Dreams Gala, and this year we're featuring Earth, Wind, and Fire, so get your dancing shoes on and get ready to go. It's it's uh, going to be a lot of fun. It benefits our efforts in uh, homelessness, our work in the community. Um, certainly benefits the Astros Foundation, um, and our beneficiary is New Hope Housing. And if you want to go to this gala, there's still time. How, how can you be a part of this if you want to go to the gala or just the concert? Well, I always say it's never too late to donate. So absolutely, we've still got individual tickets available or tables of 10. Individual tickets sell for $1,000 a piece or a table for 10. Get 10 of your closest friends. Or something new we've added this year, which is a club-level seating for the concert only. Um, general admission, you can go online and get those, and those are $50 a piece. We'll have a cash bar up there, and, and it should be a fun evening for everyone. Now, you mentioned that the, the proceeds benefit uh, New Hope Housing. They really work hard to try and tackle the, the homelessness issue here in Houston. Yes, the uh, New Hope Housing provides uh, low-income housing. They've just opened a new uh, facility over off Reed Road that also welcomes it used to be that it was single adults, but now it, it also includes children. And, you know, it's just a, a great organization that's that's building some really fine properties around town that offer uh, low-income apartment, you know, single-family uh, housing. And, and so we partnered with uh, with New Hope. This is our, our fourth annual event, and uh, we're hoping this will be a big one. And I certainly hope it's a big one so you have a chance to support a worthy cause uh, and, and see a, a great concert and take part in a great gala uh, by coming out to the, the Diamond Dreams Gala on January 25th. Of course, the Astros Foundation, New Hope Housing, one of the many partners that the Astros Foundation works with to help benefit and help the Houston community. What are some of the other uh, endeavors and efforts that the Astros Foundation uh, are involved with? Well, we've been quite busy. Um, the uh, Astros Foundation, its primary focus is on youth baseball and softball in the greater Houston area. We uh, have our community leader program, which uh, annually we maintain year-round 23 fields in the inner city parks. We also provide uniforms, playing equipment, and experience here at Minute Maid Park, um, including the little leagues uh, attend the uh, games with us on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday evenings. And that's one of our programs. We have our Astros Youth Academy, which is located out at Sylvester Turner Park, which provides free year-round instruction to um, any of youth from all over the Houston area that shows up. And um, we're in the process right now of, of uh, building an education center out there, which will give you more information on that as, as time uh, goes on. But uh, we've, you know, youth baseball and softball, childhood, childhood cancer is another one of our focus areas. Um, we have monthly visits to Texas Children's Hospital 
as well as MD Anderson with the Sunshine Kids. And we do a, a lot of a lot of uh, different activities with the with children who are being treated for cancer, as well as hosting them here at the ballpark. Through our efforts uh, this past year, through our charity broadcast, we were able to make sizable donations to to a couple of different local charities, and then. So childhood cancer, homelessness, as we talked about mm-hmm. with New Hope and Star of Hope and many of the other uh, local organizations. Military, we're huge supporters of our military and like to honor them here at Minute Maid Park every chance we get. But we also do a considerable amount of work in the community with different uh, military organizations. Let's see, I think I've covered them all. <laughs> it's, I get rolling and can't it, stop. It's, Sorry. It's, it's a great list and, and, and helping so many people who are in need and, and so many people in the in the Houston area that that can benefit from the Astros Foundation and, and from, from a little bit of support. And that's always good to see. And, of course, New Hope Housing benefiting from the Diamond Dreams Gala presented by Chevron. Uh, if you want to get tickets for that gala, if you want to get a table, how can you go about doing that? Well, everything's still available, and, and you can uh, email us at foundation at astros.com, or you can go on our website at, at astros.com slash foundation for more information. And certainly, if if not that, give us a call. The number's on the website, and we'd be happy to answer any questions. But more importantly, we'd be happy to sell you a ticket or two. Would you like a table, Rob? Uh, yes, yeah, so sign me up for however many you have left. I'll just take them all. Yeah, okay. That's five <laughs> five tables for Robert Ford. Okay, got it. <laughs> I got to talk. I got to talk to Jim Crane about my salary, but we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to we, that. we're not talking about Jim today. We're talking about, <laughs> we're talking about you. Put you on the hot seat. <laughs> well, Diamond Dreams Gala presented by Chevron. That's Friday, January twenty fifth. Uh, starts at at five thirty. Fourth annual gala. Earth, Wind, and Fire performing. Of course, tables available. Also, if you want to go to the concert, tickets available as well for that up in the club level, general admission seating. Twyla Carter, Executive Director of the Astros Foundation, thank you so much for joining us. Always good to talk to you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. And we're back live here at Pluckers, and I'm joined by the world's biggest Earth, Wind, and Fire <laughs> fan, Todd Callis. So I think I know where you're going to be on, on January 25th. Yeah, now that I know you have five tables, we'll definitely take a spot. <laughs> uh, but yeah, my first first concert my wife and I ever went to before uh-huh. we were married was Earth, Wind, and Fire. I've probably seen them a half dozen times. Wow. Phenomenal. Really? Phenom- oh, my gosh. So good. Um, you know, Philip Bailey still does most of the songs, okay. but his son actually... Comes on for a few songs that right? during the course of the concert, and they jam out. It, EWF, Earth, Wind, and Fire is one of my favorite groups. Favorite Earth, Wind, and Fire song? Oh, gosh. There's so many great. Uh, uh, Shining Star just comes to the top okay. of my head. Yeah. All right. All right. Earth, Wind, and Fire, Diamond Dreams Gala. That's coming up January 25th. Don't forget the Astros official Kids Club uh, 2019 memberships on sale. Astros Buddies memberships presented by BBVA Compass include tickets to select Astros games, exclusive opportunities, and more. Visit Astros.com slash buddies. We'll be joined by Kyle Tucker. Coming up next, Kyle Tucker getting his uh, big league debut out of the way in 2018. Looking forward to more from him in 2019. Is Astroline presented by Carbach Brewing Company live from Plucker's Wing Bar. 1400 Shepherd near downtown Houston continues on the Houston Astros Radio Network. The offseason is here, and that means it's the perfect time for talking baseball over a great beer. Conversations with agents, with players, and other teams. So pop open a Love Street Blonde or Hopadillo IPA and discuss all of the hot stove wheeling and dealing. Astroline. Astroline presented by Carbach Brewing Company. That's certainly what we want to hear. And if you're looking for a great place for a cold one, head on over to Carbach Brewing, where we're open seven days a week for lunch, dinner, and, of course, some great brews. It's a crack one open, but cold locally brewed Carbock. Carbock Brewing, proud supporter of the Houston Astros. With plenty of player interaction and warm weather, spring training is something every baseball fan needs to experience. So, see you later! 
Get to West Palm Beach and see your Houston Astros in action at the Fit Team Ballpark of the Palm Beaches. While you're here, don't miss our 20 craft breweries and 47 miles of beautiful beaches. Start planning your trip at thepalmbeaches.com for the best way to experience Florida. Field shaded to pull against the left-handed hitter. First pitch, and Tucker drives this one pretty deep to right center field. Gonzalez racing over, and he can't get it on the reach. It hits off the wall. Scoring is Stassi. Kemp is right on his heels. Kemp will score. Tucker in the third. Astros go up 5-2. to two. The kid comes up big in the pitch. And welcome back to Astro Line, the official hot stove show for the Houston Astros, presented by Carbach Brewing Company, coming to you live from Plucker's Wing Bar, 1400 Shepherd, and Robert Ford with Todd Callis this evening. And pleased to be joined, we heard from uh, Forrest Whitley a little earlier, uh, Astros' uh, top pitching prospect, and now we'll hear from one of the Astros' top position player prospects joining us on the phone is Kyle Tucker, who made his big league debut for the Astros this year, got to play 28 games at the big league level, was named the Astros Minor League Player of the Year for his second straight year. Hey, Kyle, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, how's it going? Good, good. And so, you know, obviously this year was a bit of a learning experience for you. You made your big league debut on July 7th uh, at Minute Maid Park, and you wound up being up for about a month before going back down, came up a couple more times after that. Uh, what what were some of the, the things you learned just from, from being up in the big leagues and, and being around these guys every day and, and, and getting a chance to, to play a little bit? Yeah, um, you, you know, you learn a bunch from those guys. You know, they really know what they're doing. They, you know, study the game and, you know, they pick up some stuff from other players. And, you know, just being around them, being in that clubhouse, you know, you just learn a bunch of stuff and it's a lot of fun being around them. Hey, Kyle, Todd Callis here. I know uh, one of your goals this offseason was to bulk up a little bit, listed at 6'4", 190 last year. How's that going this offseason? What are you weighing right now? Good. Um, I'm, I'm around 205 right now. So, 15, so 15 you know, it's going, pounds? It's going well, working out. Was, is there anything in particular you've really been focusing on? You mentioned, you know, Todd mentioned – Maybe putting on a little bit of weight. Anything else you've been focusing on this off season with your, your workout program or anything like that? Yeah, well, th- throughout the season, uh, you know, you'll lose you lose a couple pounds. You know, um, it's a long season. Um, off season is time to you know work out every day and you know really um, eat a bunch of food and get ready and prepare for the season. Season will be here before you know it. Uh, spring training <laughs> right around the corner. Uh, when are you heading down? How? What are your workouts like right now? Yeah, um, right now we're, you know, amping up baseball stuff, so I'll be out there a bunch, um, working out pretty much every day during the week. Um, you know, I'll, I'll show up around when uh, the pitches and catchers report, so I'll be there a couple days earlier. Um, you know, you know, really excited for this upcoming season. Do you feel like going into uh, camp this year, going into spring training this year, you, you have a little better idea of what to expect because you, you know, you spent some time in big league camp in the past and, you, and you've been around the, the big league club at this point and, and pretty much know the guys on the roster. Yeah, I have a, I have a better, um, you know, understanding of how the game is up there. You know, just being around them and feel more comfortable around them, stuff like that. But you know, I, I'm really excited about the upcoming season. It'll be a lot of fun with, with these guys. I know they're amped up to play and you know get back to it. 
It's kind of crazy because uh, the baseball winter meetings this year were out in Vegas, and you happen to be out there at the same time. Uh, you were there for an eSports Challenge Invitational. I think uh, you and Brett Vertigan were, were partners, were teammates. First of all, tell was that like a whole Fortnite thing? And did you have any idea you were in the midst of the biggest off-season meetings of the year for baseball? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew the winter meetings were going on there. I don't know, you know, what hotel or where it was being at. I actually was going to like the aquarium at Mandalay Bay to go check that out, and I walked in and see all the baseball winter meeting stuff everywhere. So, yeah, I kind of just walked into you know big winter winter meeting baseball stuff. But yeah, I was there for a couple of days, had some fun, got to hang out with some guys, and you know just play play for a little bit. How did how did you do in the in the Fortnite tournament? Were you pretty pleased? Uh, yeah, we did pretty well. Um, yeah, I think we came in third. All right. Um, third. Yeah, it was fun. You know, had a good time. Third out of 16 teams, that's pretty good, huh? Mm-hmm. And yeah. how would you hook up with it? Is it a guy who you played against, or how do you know Brett? Yeah, we. Um, I played with him a little bit, or played against him in double A, and a little bit in triple A this past year. And so I kind of got to know him there. And then I just asked him if he wanted to be my partner. He's like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" <laughs> yeah, it worked out. So, may have to may have to do that again next year. Get maybe get get the first place trophy next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. So, you of course, your brother Preston Tucker, uh, drafted by the Astros as well back in 2012, and made his big league debut at the Astros parts of two seasons in Houston last year. Saw time with the Reds and the Braves. Do you guys work out together much in the off season? Do 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 you do you two? Are you on your own programs, or do you guys spend a lot of time together in the offseason getting ready? Uh, we'll hang out a bunch and do a bunch of baseball stuff together, but he's at a different gym, so we'll, we'll do separate workouts. But um, as far as the baseball side of it, we'll, we'll do a bunch of stuff here coming up pretty soon. So you're heading down, uh, as you said, when pitchers and catchers report. When you look forward to 2019, obviously there could be opportunities. It's a tough team, as you know. Uh, to crack that final 25-man roster, leaving spring training. Uh, Robert asked you earlier, though, but the 2018 experience, are you are you feeling that much more confident and, and excited about what could happen for you in 2019? Yeah, I mean, you know, baseball, baseball is exciting. It's a lot of fun. Um, you know, I, I know what I can do on the field, and, you know, I know it's playing with a bunch of other guys that are real talented, but, I mean, it's a lot of fun playing with them. They have a they make it fun. I mean, it's, it's not too competitive playing with them. They just go out there and have fun, do their thing, um, see what happens. Do you feel like your preparation, and I'm talking not so much off-season, but on a, on a day-by-day basis because there's just so much information out there, and, of course, the Astros are, 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 are very big on the a- analytics, even more so than a lot of other major league teams. Do you feel like your day-to-day preparation uh, as you go about your business might be a little different after what you experienced this past year? Uh, yeah, it, it'll be a little different. I'll probably look at a little bit more video stuff and um, really pay attention to little, like little detailed stuff that you'll uh, pick up on and guys in the clubhouse will tell you about and stuff. But, um, you know, I'm prepared for this upcoming season. I think it'll be fun. You know, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do well. 24 home runs at Fresno last year, 989 OPS. Robert mentioned 64 ABs at the big league level. Uh, still looking for that first big league home run. When you got to that final series in Baltimore after everything had already been wrapped up uh, in Toronto prior to that, were you thinking about 
it would be nice to get my first one here. And, and you, uh, did that cross your mind at all, that final series? Yeah, I mean, guys are telling me about it. I mean, they're just like, hey, just, just take a hack. I was like, all right, why not? Like, might as well. But, um, no, it was, it was a lot of fun playing with them. They, they just had a lot of fun. All right, well, Kyle Tucker, uh, certainly look forward to seeing you in spring training. Look forward to seeing you in Houston as well. Should be should be a fun year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, thank you so much, Kyle, for, for joining us. As we're just about set to wrap up. Hey, Todd, thanks for thanks for joining us. Always great to be with a fellow Syracuse guy. Absolutely. Go Cuse. Big game coming up on Monday in Duke. This has been Astroline presented by Carbach Brewing Company and live from Plucker's Wing Bar in the Houston Astros Radio Network. Astroline. You've been listening to Sports Talk 790 Astroline, the Astros' official off-season show, presented by Carbock Brewing Company. Astroline. On Sports Talk 790, home of the Strohs.